Are you happy to be alive today? Are you glad that for whatever reason God put you on the planet today? And so you're alive, you're here, man, it's a beautiful time. And, and like I was saying, Noel and I have been youth pastors for 13 years, and it has just been such a privilege. It's been so, such a fun time just seeing our youth ministry grow and evolve. And uh, I just believe that the best is yet to come. This was our last youth camp as youth pastors and come next year we won't we will um we'll kind of be over like we'll we'll just get to show up and watch rather than um you know be the ones who are are in charge and in charge of doing the stuff that that you know when somebody you know has a breakup that we we get to step in and do it we don't have to we don't have to do that anymore and uh we got we got we don't have to do that anymore um we don't get to do that anymore i should say and um, we're just really excited for what's to come. I'm really believing that just God has the best days in store uh, for our church and for our youth ministry and for our region. Amen? Uh, I want to I turn your attention to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And I'm going to read a, first, a few verses uh, this morning and preach this message on the last night of camp and just really felt like it was, it was right for today. And uh, Colossians chapter 2, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Colossae. And this is an important message that I think we need to hear. And we're going to start in verse 6. Colossians chapter 2 in verse 6. It says this, So then, just as you've received Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ, you've been brought to fullness. I want to focus on this passage right there in the middle. See to it that no one takes you captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies. Uh, If you're titling this message and taking notes, you can title this captive or subtitle bamboozled. Bamboozled. I like that title better. Bamboozled. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Would you pray with me? And let's believe that God is going to speak to us today. Uh, Would you actually just hold your hands out? Like you you want to receive something from God. I just believe that uh, sometimes our posture can, can open us up to receive something like from God that otherwise we might be closed off to or unaware of. Lord, we just know that you have something to say to each of us, and uh, we posture ourselves this morning to hear it. God, whether young or old, whether we've heard it before or this is the first time, God, whether we just came from camp or whether we sent a student, God, we pray that you would speak to us today that it would change us from the inside out and animate the way that we live our lives. God, may we not leave this place unaware, but may we leave this place aware of what you're doing on the earth, and may we partner with you to see it come to pass. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. amen. See to it that no one takes you captive. Anybody ever been um, taken captive by something or perhaps bamboozled? Anyone ever been bamboozled, tricked into something? Like you saw an offer online, 12 CDs for the price of one? Circa 1999? 
I don't know, I don't remember the website. I just remember I was paying as like a 13-year-old for like 12 CDs a month. And I didn't have any money. I got bamboozled. You ever been bamboozled? Like uh, recently we had a leak in our, in our house from our refrigerator. And uh, the refrigerator was leaking. We didn't know it. And over time the, the floor buckled until all of a sudden it became noticeable. And, uh, and our, our kids started tripping over it when they would walk. And so we're like, we got to figure this out. So we call them in and it was water damage and it was from underneath our fridge. And uh, so long story short, all of our floors had to be ripped up. Our trim downstairs had to be ripped up. And we are, think, I mean, I'm thankful we have insurance. We're getting new floors. But that means we get to be out of our house for two weeks. And uh, so we, we moved out of our house. And I say we. Noel moved us out of our house last Sunday while I was at youth camp. And um, we, we booked this Airbnb. And insurance is taking care of it. And so we booked this Airbnb, and it's, it's, it's just a few minutes away. And so we're like, okay, this is, this is good. We'll just be able to live here for a couple weeks, keep our life. Got a busy couple weeks. This one looks good. And, you know, as you would, if you, read it, if you get an Airbnb, you read the reviews, and right? You, you look at the pictures, and you look at the decor, and see, are these the kind of people that I would want to hang out with? Does anybody else do that? No, no, some people are like, no, why would you do that? Because I want to be in a house that if the people were there, that we might want to hang out. And so we look at the pictures, pictures look fine. It looks like a regular house with regular people that live in it probably or used to live in it and they decorated it. And it looks clean and it looks fine and it'll, it will house us for two weeks. And so we, we book it and one of the best things about it was the, the back patio looked awesome. The pictures looked awesome. We read all the reviews, and everyone's like, great house. We loved our stay, and the back patio was amazing. Every person mentioned the back patio. So we're like, this place looks great. So we book it, and we go to move in on Sunday. And you pull into the driveway, and you see a trailer in the front yard. No shade. We have neighbors with trailers in their front yards. No worries. But we just did not expect that. That was not in the pictures. The doors and the windows were open to the trailer, implying that somebody was living in there in the front yard, which, you know, I would at least want to know because I got my kids staying there, you know. I don't want someone showing in the middle of the night. You come downstairs and there's a dude in his underwear cooking some eggs. He's like, oh, I'm the guy who lives in the trailer. Oh, would have been great to know you were here. Um, and so we, you, you open the front door and, and you're like, okay, this is not what I expected. And walk in, and it, it, it's, it's a little bit dingier than what was portrayed in the pictures. And, and Noel goes up to the, the counter, and you can wipe your finger on the counter and, and pick up a substantial amount of whatever substance was layered on there as if it had not been cleaned for many moons. There's, there's food that like remnants of food having been cooked days before all over the stove. The floor is not clean. There are spider webs and large spiders that are right in center places of the house. It's like, look, look, if I go into your cupboard and I see a little, little baby spider web under there, I'm not going to judge you. But if you got a large spider in the middle of your living room, I am going to judge you. I'm going to hold it against you, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to feel safe around you. 
because you are a spider person at that point. And there's, there's large spiders just hanging out as if they live in the house. So then you go to the bathroom and there's, there's wet towels in the bathroom. And there are other things that I won't describe, but just picture, like, if you picture a bunch of teenagers, like teenage boys staying in a cabin for a week at camp, and then you go in afterwards, that's what was in this bathroom. I mean, it's, this place is nasty. Go to the laundry room, and inside the laundry, the washer, is wet clothing. Wet clothing, just been sitting there, I don't know how long, still wet though. And... So Noel's like, I don't think I can do this. We're the, I mean, the kids are in the house for minutes, and they're already getting sick. And this place is just like, it was not what was portrayed, let me be honest. Now, if you are the owner of this house, I forgive you, okay? I don't remember the address, but I forgive you. I just want to let you know what was portrayed was not accurate. I call, Noel calls me, and she's... She's like, Taylor, you would not believe. And she lays it down for me. And, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And she's like, but the back patio is amazing. <laughs> the one accurate thing. And I'm like, but we're not trying to rent an Airbnb to stay on the back patio. The truth is, is what was portrayed, what was promised was different than what was delivered. I think in our culture today, and you see this playing out, don't you? Is there's been groups of people, and even at times our own selves, have bought into lies. We've been bamboozled. We've been tricked into buying into ways of thinking and modes of living and ideologies that have portrayed, this can offer you what you're looking for, but the closer you get, the more you realize it cannot deliver on what it promises. And I think much like the days that Paul was writing to, if we're not careful, we will become victim to the very thing that we've surrendered ourselves to. Paul says, see to it that no one takes you captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies which depend on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. I, you know, I've been reflecting a lot lately, and I had these two kind of contrasting, interesting moments about five days apart, just a couple of weeks ago. And the first one is, it was one of those hot days a couple of weeks ago, you remember, it got into the late 90s, it was really, really hot, and we decided we're going to take the kids to go get Dairy Queen. And we're going to get ice cream, because that's all you get at Dairy Queen. If you get, I don't know why you'd get a burger at Dairy Queen, you just get ice cream at Dairy Queen. So we go to Dairy Queen, and the, the line is, as you might imagine, the line is long, because a lot of people were thinking the same thing. So we pull into the parking lot, and we're like, let's go in. So I get out of the van, uh, I park, get out of the van, and I'm going to go check and see if the lobby's open, so we don't have to get the kids out and then put them right back in. So I open the door, and I peek in, and the lobby is closed. So I go to turn around, and I hear my name. I hear my name, Taylor. And I look. I, I don't see anybody that I know. Taylor. I'm like, hey, man. What's up? Great, great to see you. I don't know who this is. He's like, hey, it's me. We'll call him Johnny. It's me, Johnny. 
hey, Johnny, still don't know who you are. Johnny Smith. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And it took me a minute. And he's seeing me caught off guard and not recognizing him. Because the truth is, he spent decades in drug addiction to the point where it has quite literally depleted the life out of his body. And I, I actually have no judgment on this person. I grew up with this person. Grew up with him, rode the bus together. We went to the mall together. We skated together. We watched movies together. We hung out with each other's siblings together. We were in each other's houses together. I've known this person for many, many years. Very familiar. Love this person. Love their family. And, uh, but you can tell that life has taken its toll. And I'm like, bro, Johnny, dude, how are you doing, man? And immediately he, tears fall to his face. This is two weeks ago. Tears fall to his face. And, and, and I, I'm not, like, we're in Dairy Queen. I'm not expecting this. Tears are flowing. He doesn't even say anything. I, all I said was, how are you doing? He says, dude, Taylor. I've destroyed my life. Those are the words that came out of his mouth. Taylor, I've destroyed my life. I put my hand on his shoulder. I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. You can't destroy your life. God meant for me to meet you here today. There's a reason I'm here. God's not done with you. You just need to know he's still working on you. Don't give up. We need to talk. You need to come by the op- We need to meet. I've got some opportunities. If you're willing to work it, you can actually get out of this lifestyle. This is not the end for you. I was like, can I pray for you? So we pray right there. And he's weeping. And so we have this moment, and, and I give him a hug, and I walk out of the Dairy Queen. And at that point, I've been in there for seven or eight minutes. I've been in there, and, and Noel's like, what took you so long? And I'm like, you wouldn't believe it. But that line as I'm driving, I, I, I'm, I'm in the car and I'm thinking, gosh, that line just haunted me. I've, I've destroyed my life, Taylor. I've destroyed my life. I've destroyed my life. Now you contrast this with another moment I had about five days later. I get in a text conversation with a buddy who'd, who'd long left the church and, and walked away from God and, and really denounced the faith. And, and um, we're talking and they said to me, we, we, we just kind of are catching up, and I'm like, so what's going on? What's new with you? And, and they're like, well, I just got this new job, and I'm just loving it, and I'm, doing, I'm in my element, and, and, and I, I'm dating a new person, and all of this kind of stuff. I'm like, man, way to go. It's amazing. This is so cool. Way to go. Like, I'm really excited for you. It seems like you're in your element. And they said back to me these interesting words that haunted me just the same. They said, I love this life that I have built. And in that moment, I was brought back to Dairy Queen five days before. And I experienced these two extremes. Taylor, I've destroyed my life. Taylor, look at this life I've built. Can I tell you this morning, two different people, same hollow philosophy. You need to understand this morning, it is by the grace of God and the grace of God alone that you even breathe your breath. It is not about you. And friends, can I encourage some of you who need to be reminded that God's not done with you. 
you feel like you've destroyed your life, you feel like you've done too many things to make you go off the cliff, and I just need to let you know that God's arms are long and they are outstretched. You are not done. If you're still breathing, God is still working on you. Do not give up. Keep going. God's got you. He loves you, and you cannot disappoint him because you are in Christ. You are complete. You are lacking nothing. But can I also challenge some of you? You cannot build your way to God. You cannot build a life that apart from God is worthy of anything. It is by the grace of God that you get to even breathe. It's by the grace of God you have your skills. It's by the grace of God that you grow. It's by the grace of God that you get better. It's by the grace of God that you get your job. It's by the grace of God that you even still have the respect of your kids. It's by the grace of God that you're still breathing. It is the grace of God and the grace of God alone. You cannot build a life. And these two contrasting things, I'm experiencing them, and I was reminded of this scripture. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophies, ways of living, modes of thinking that are on the outside pretty, but on the inside cannot offer you anything. They are hollow. Paul's writing to a pluralistic environment where many religions would be placed on kind of an even scale. Humanistic religions, pagan religions, uh, just all of the different religions. Christianity was one of many, and it was an option to God. And, and you would imagine that people in those days would, would live in that much like we do today. You know, you see the coexist bumper stickers, and, it, and it's, it's a really nice aspiration and what it, what, it, what it says is that we're all, like, we're all just doing this thing and you find your way to God and you find your way to happiness. And, and as long as you live a life that feels good to you and it's not hurting anybody, then go on with your bad self. That's your religion. That's your God. Go for it. That's, you're, you're good. You're not, that's awesome. And this is the environment Paul's writing to. And he says, hey, be careful. See to it that you're not taken captive by this thing that offers a sense of coexisting, a sense of we're all here and tolerant with, with one another and, and everything is just great and it's wonderful. Hey, see to it that you're not taken captive by that. You know why? Because it's hollow and it is deceptive. The word takes you captive in, in the Greek means it, it implies this battle language. And what we need to understand, pause this morning, we need to understand we are in a battle. You are in a battle. I, I don't care if you're a student going into high school in two weeks or if you're a dad who just retired. I don't care if you're raising kids, you're raising sons and daughters. I don't care if you're raising grandkids. I don't care if you're, I, I don't know what it is for you, but you need to understand if you're here today, you are in a battle. And there's a battle for your soul. And there's a battle for your influence. And there's a battle for everything that you touch. And the enemy who is real, he wants to take you out. We need to understand this. We're in a battle. And this word means to be overpowered or carried off like a warrior's prisoner. To be carried off like a warrior's prisoner. And the, the word hollow and deceptive philosophies means a way of living that cannot sustain pressure. In other words, see to it that no one takes you captive by a mode of living that cannot sustain pressure. Let me say it again. See to it that no one 
deceives you into thinking that there is a way of living outside of Jesus that can get you to where you're called to go. And I've seen plenty of people walk away from God and walk away from the church, and they have found a new religion that depends on their efforts, and it depends on the surroundings around them, and it does not depend on Christ. Right now, it's looking good. Can I tell you, it's hollow, it's deceptive, and it will lead to death. And, and I, I can't dance around it because I'm, I'm obedient to scripture here. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, which implies that the things that work in our society and principles and all of these things, all great, but if they don't depend on God, friends, they are hollow and they are deceptive. And if you're not careful, you'll be drawn in. You'll keep, you'll keep the name tag that says, I'm a Christian, but you'll be drawn into a way of living and you'll follow actually a false God of self. It's to see to it that no one takes you captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies. A mode of living that cannot sustain pressure. My son Jude, he's four, and he loves to build. And uh, he loves Legos. And I love Legos, so he's, he's a man after his father's heart. He loves, loves Legos and blocks and magnets, and he loves Lincoln Logs. And Lincoln Logs is one of his favorite things. And, and every morning he'll take a bucket of, of blocks, whether it's the Lincoln Logs. And this one particular morning he takes the bucket of, of Lincoln Logs and dumps them on the floor, and he starts building. And his, his fascination right now is tall buildings. We like to go to downtown, go to Tacoma, or Seattle, or whatever, and we'll go in these tall buildings, and we'll look out over the city. He just loves seeing the tall buildings. He's fascinated by it, and which I just, I just love fostering that and seeing that kind of play out in him. It's so, it's so fun. He's only four, and he already loves all this stuff, and he loves to build these tall buildings with Lincoln Logs, and, uh, and so we're building this one particular morning, and he's building this tall tower, or this tall building, and, and it, it, he builds it on the carpet, and it's about this tall. And you know how the Lincoln Logs, they, they, you know, they alternate. And uh, I looked for them this morning. I wanted to like, build it as an object lesson. I like, finally thought of an object lesson. And they're buried in our garage somewhere. I couldn't find them. Um, and so he builds this tower. And, and it gets up to about this tall. And then he's like, I'm going to put things in it. So he takes these little dinosaurs and balls and different things. He starts throwing them into the tower. But the weight of the things that he dropped in starts to put pressure on the bottom. And it starts to kind of buckle. And I'm like, Jude, if you keep putting stuff in there, it's not going to be able to handle it. It's going to fall. He's like, stop, Dad. I know what I'm doing. Of course you do. So he keeps dropping these things in there. And he drops another thing and drops another thing. And then he takes this ball, this rubber ball, and he drops it in there. And it hits. And the bottom implodes and the whole thing falls. And he's like, Dad! like, dude, I didn't do anything. Don't blame me, Okay? I'm to blame for most of the things that go wrong in this house. This is not one of them. Don't put this on me. He gets frustrated because he wants to build something that cannot sustain what he wants to put in it. He wants to build a structure that looks like it can carry something, but in essence, it cannot withstand the pressure of what he wants to put on the inside of it. What God wants to do in and through and for your life and around you is going to take pressure. 
And if you're not careful, you'll build a life that cannot sustain the pressure that God wants to bring to it. And our culture has told us that we can build it our way and it can contain the things of God. Culture has lied to us. It's particularly lying to our young people. But it's lying to every generation. I mean, this is not a new phenomenon. It's all the way back to the very beginning of the creation story. You might have heard the quote before when Satan took to draw Eve away from God. He did not hit her with a stick, but an idea that God cannot be trusted. And you have to look to yourself to secure your own well-being. And friends, some of us have bought into this. That we can do this ourselves. You can't. You can't father. You can't be a mom. You can't raise kids. You can't stay strong on your campus. You can't lead your business. You cannot do anything yourself. And the trick is, there's an invitation to prove that wrong. And some of you have come here on the other side of saying, I tried it my way, and it went well for a while, and then it crumbled. Why? Because the life that you were building cannot withstand the pressure of the things that God wants to put in it. See to it that no one overpowers you by offering a way that live, of living that says, but cannot sustain the pressure. We're seeing a failure of this at a cosmic level today. And I'm not sure if you feel it, but you look around and you watch these different ideologies that are inviting people into believing something different. And it depends on self, and it depends on culture, and it depends on government, and it depends on me, and it depends on what can be created. And there's this idea that we can achieve this perfection just like they thought in the Tower of Babel. One of the most providential things, one of the most good things that God did for the people, like for his people, is confuse them. It was an act of grace from God to confuse the people at the Tower of Babel. You know why? Because they had tricked themselves and were finding some momentum in thinking that they could achieve this thing on their own. We can get the presence without the one who has the presence. We can get the kingdom without the king. We can achieve this and we can be just like God. We can be near God. We can achieve this. And God's like, yo, without me, you can do nothing. Every breath that you breathe is from me. You can't do anything. You need God. You and I need God. And so many today do not realize that they are in a battle and culture. At times, it seems like it is winning. We got people leaving the faith in droves. We got sexual expression that has become the new God. And it has become the thing that we don't even realize we are worshiping it with hands lifted. And at every beck and call, we just respond and say, whatever you want, as long as they feel it, it must be real. Doesn't matter how young they are. Doesn't matter that it is from the pit of hell that is authoring this confusion and people are surrendering to it. No, 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 no. We're not going to put up with that as the church. We can't anymore. And people are leaving, and they're, they're, they're folding to this prematurely. And progressivism has become the new religion. 
And conservatism has, has been a little bit more cuddly at times to the church, but it is also not the kingdom of God. Friends, there is one kingdom led by one king. His name is Jesus. It is the kingdom of God. It is everlasting. It will never pass away. There's one kingdom. But so many people have surrendered to other kingdoms. Culture is saying, hey, come over. The water's warm. You ever been in a hot tub for a while and the, the heat goes down? A while ago, I was in a hot tub for a while. Thank you. That was a funny line. We are in a hot tub. I was on a vacation, and we are in the hot tub for a while, and the heat had turned off. But we'd just been in there for a while. So we didn't realize that it had gotten cold, but we just adjusted to it. And can I tell you, the culture out there does not realize that the steam is running out. And they're saying, come in, the water's warm. And what happens is we see what we feel on the outside saying, I want what they have. It's saying, you don't need church to be a Christian. You don't, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Like, that's such a lazy argument. Like, you don't need church and you don't need, like, food to be alive today, but you're going to run out pretty quick. No, it's like, you don't need church to be, just go, go make money. Go do your thing. Go express yourself. Find your best sexual expression. And as long as it is consensual and nobody's being hurt by it, then you go do you. And if your kid wants it, then let them find it themselves too because they need to be who they truly are. And culture is saying, come on, come on, come on. The water's warm. And, and even some in the church are saying, hey, we'll, we'll buy into this thing. We'll just attach Jesus' name to it. And it is counter to the kingdom of God. And they're saying, we're flourishing, but all the while, just like my friend in Dairy Queen, you start to see the soul being hollowed out. And we see these people saying that the reason, if anything, the, the reason that there's like that, that people are not flourishing is because of the culture on the outside not giving any credentials, any credit to the culture on the inside of their soul. And, and if we're not careful, we will be taken captive by this hollow and deceptive philosophy. And this is bad news. This is like discouraging. And I hope you uh, today don't like leave just sad. Because it is, it's pretty dark. It's pretty miserable at times. And you see this out there and you see, my goodness. But can I encourage you with the same thing that should discourage you? It's hollow. Another way of saying it is, it's weak. It can't hold a candle to the kingdom. I'll invite the band to come forward. Recently, my, uh, my daughter, my two-year-old, Lennon, she has the little claws. And I'm sitting on the floor. We're all, all playing. And she comes up to me. And she squeezes my cheeks and digs her fingers into them. You ever had your kid do that? Any parents ever had your kid do that? And, and it, 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 like, makes you, it, you can't move. You're just now subject to their pull. 
And I'm not kidding you, she pulled me to the ground. She literally pulled me to the ground. Like pulled me, because she dug her fingers in, like her sharp fingernails into my cheeks and just yanked. And so I just kind of went with it so that I didn't feel the scratch. And she's holding it and she's laughing. She thinks it's funny. And for a split second, I'm like, oh my, Lennon, let go. And I'm like, wait, I'm stronger than her. I just grabbed her hands and moved them. That's it. Can I tell you, can you be encouraged today? The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. If you believe in Jesus, the kingdom of this world has got nothing on the kingdom that is residing on the inside of you. You got the spirit of God on the inside of you. You've got the person of Jesus who is with you everywhere you go. You ought to be victorious and say, I know this thing talks a big talk, but it is hollow on the inside, but I am filled with the spirit. I got all that I need. I've got the word of God on my fingertips. I've got the sword of the spirit which is the word of, I, I got everything that I need. And what we've got to do is realize that those hollow philosophies, that though they are taking people captive, they've actually got no strength. And what we are seeing just as fast as the rise of some of these ideologies that we see in our world today, you know what they are. Some of you, your kids are, being, are buying into some of them. And as fast as you're seeing it rise, you're seeing it crumble. And I was reminded of Psalm 91, and I think it pertains to this, where it says, David is writing this and he says, um, surely you will save me from the fowler's snare. And I love this line, and it gives this imagery of, of a fowler or a hunter who would capture a, 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 different, a certain bird or, or creature that flies to a bird, I guess is what those are called, and uh, get a fowl. That's the word I was looking for, <laughs> capture a fowl. But what it would do is it would nurse this fowl into trust. And this fowl could leave and then come back leave and come back. You've seen this when, when a, 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 a kidnapper takes a child at an early age and beats it down so hard psychologically that once they become an adult, they can actually release them, get a job, do all the things because they've, they're captive in their minds to the person. And it's a, it's a fascinating phenomenon. But you see this with the bird and the bird would learn to trust its master. And over time, it would let its guard down. It was no longer touchy. It was no longer afraid. It would just kind of be chill. And what the fowler would wisely do was earn the trust of this bird to the point where then he could break one of its legs, get it in a cage. And what the, 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 the bird would do is not know what's happening. It would be disoriented not knowing that it had just given itself over to this master to be taken and eaten, it would call out to its bird friends. I don't know what noise fowls make. That's my best attempt. 
You're welcome. I'm here all day. And the bird would call out to its bird people, you know. And the birds would hear this call and say, hey, Tweety, is that you? It's me. You know, it's me. Come help. I'm captured. And the birds would come not knowing that they were coming to their death. Here's what we're seeing today is we're seeing the fowl. Because David, he's, he's not a bird at risk of landing in a cage. He's understanding the parallel here. Is that many people in our generation, in our culture, did not realize that they were giving their loyalty to their captor. And their captor doesn't really even care much about that bird because what the captor's after is the influence of that bird. And here's what you need to know about the enemy who is real, who hates you. Yes, he wants your soul to rot. He wants you to not live in flourishing. But what he wants even more is to capture everybody around you. But here's the prophetic word for our church today. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. You need to know, friends, and some of you are the friends of the bird. You hear that call and you say, look, I'm not coming near that. But some of you, God, I, 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 just, I just believe that, and our kids need this, friends. Like, I know we got, we're at the 9 a.m. today. We got a lot of kids out there. We got a lot of young people that are represented. They need us to not get captured by the ways of the world and they need to be shown a better way. And the word for you today though is surely you will not be taken captive, but instead you will take your rightful place and speak truth to the powerless shouts of the enemy. of the world have nothing on the kingdom of God. Some of you need to be undiscouraged today. Because what you see and what you read is overwhelming. Take heart because you got a king who's overcome the world. And not only that, he's with you and he's leading you. So don't get discouraged what this song says. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. You got a lion inside of your chest. You got a lion in those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So what do we do? What do we do today? I'll give you four things. You can write them down very quickly. I'm not even going to expand on them. Number one, recognize the deception. You need to recognize it twofold. One is out there and one is in here. Because out there, sometimes it's easier to recognize where's the deception in me? Where am I caving to fear? Where am I building on self? Some of you need to recognize that. You've been attaching Jesus to your mission. All the while, you're building the empire of yourself. No condemnation, 
get back with God and say, God, what would you have me do? Okay, so recognize the deception. Two, call out the hollowness. It's time we get emboldened, church. You can't be afraid to offend one person and offend God. I'd rather offend the world and be pleased with God. Like he's like, he's like, hey son, I know you don't see it right now, but there's a truth that's everlasting. It's gonna win. So stick with me. I know what I'm doing. I don't care if it makes some people leave the church. I do care. I love them. But at the end of the day, friends, we are not here to please the culture we live in. We are here to be salt and light in the culture in which we live so that when they see the hollow and deceptive philosophies that they've caved to and they're not working and now they're under attack, that they've got a city of refuge that they can run to, which is the Lord. Come on, can we be the church that is the place that is not afraid to call out the hollowness. Number three, build on the rock. Build your life on the rock. Build your family on the rock. Build your business on the rock. Show up to church on the rock. Everything you do, let it come back to Jesus. I'm not here to be like, I'm a Christian guy, like I work at a church, so I build my life on Jesus. No, I believe, I got a vision for humanity that every tribe and tongue, every name, every person, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm not mincing words here. There's one name worthy of worship. He's worthy of my life. He's worthy of your life. He's worthy of your business. He's worthy of your money. He's worthy of your sacrifice. He's worthy of it all. Build your life on the rock. It is a firm foundation. Number four, stay captive. Stay captive. And perhaps this is the Easter egg in this passage. Don't get taken captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies. But perhaps be taken captive by Christ. Some of you need to be captivated again. Where Jesus is the most beautiful and important thing in your life. Some of some of you men, it's time to stop being passive about how you lead your family in the faith. Your job, first and foremost, is not to put food on the table. Yeah, that's a part of your role. But your job, first and foremost, is to lead your home in the ways of God. And some of us have been so passive, so unintentional. And we wonder why it begins to multiply in our kids. They have no interest in God. They're running from God. TikTok is their their religious professor. Why? Because we haven't done our job to lead. It's not too late. Step up and lead. Say, as for me in this house, we're serving the Lord. As for me in this house, we're going after God. As for me in this house, we're protecting the culture of this home. And it is time that everything that you do centers around God. Yes. Everything that you do, every breath that you breathe, exists to bring glory to God. Get captivated again. Get drawn in again. 
Let Jesus take you captive. Would you stand all over the room today? Maybe you can just close your eyes. We're gonna see this next service. 30 something people saying, I've been captivated by Christ. Maybe today you're not getting baptized, but today's your day to say, I wanna be captivated by God again. I wanna be drawn in by the beauty of Jesus. The wonder of who he is, how much he loves me. I wanna be captivated again. With our eyes closed, maybe just around this room. Maybe you've never walked away from God, but you just haven't been captivated. Maybe you've wandered. Maybe you've been just kind of beat down a little bit. You just blinked and five years went by and you just kind of like, oh gosh, I miss so much. Can I tell you, it is not too late. Today is your day. If you'd like to be captivated by Jesus once again, or maybe for the first time, would you just put your hand on your heart? That's all I'm gonna have you do. Maybe God's convicting some of you to say, you know what? It's time for me to start building on the rock. Today's your day. Lord, I lift up every every man, every father, every mother, every daughter, every son, every student, every grandparent, every business owner. God, every person under the sound of my voice and every person who's saying today, God, I want to be captivated by you again. We thank you, God, that it is your kindness that leads us to repentance. God, that when you see us, you are not mad. You got open arms saying, come home. Let's build on the rock. God, to those who have, out of fear, given themselves over to a powerless enemy, would you break the chains today? Break the chains today. God, I pray for courage for moms and dads. Courage as as they lead their kids. Courage to be the dominant voice in the home, louder than teachers, louder than schools, louder than peers. To the point, and this is what I'm sensing, to the point where you are going to empower and infuse strength into your kids where they reverse the curse of the enemy in their schools. Lift your hands if you have kids. Lift your hands if you got kids. I don't care how old they are. You got kids? Lift your hands if you want kids someday. I'm gonna get everybody here. I just believe that what God wants to do is invert the cause of the enemy and say, you're no longer a victim of what the school districts are saying. You are now somebody who's who's turning back the tides of darkness, that when the enemy came in like a flood, the spirit of God raised up a standard through your children as they go into your schools. They're going saying, I got the light of God on the inside of me. God, I pray for boldness in the home. God, I pray for clarity, and I pray, God, that you would help us to to be committed to being equipped. God, that we'd no longer be passive and wish we had more to say to our sons. 
but God, that you give us the strength to say, no longer will I be passive. I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna grow myself. I'm gonna set an example. I'm gonna infuse strength into my kids. God, that when they see somebody who's taken captive, that they would embrace and love them so loudly, but speak truth and offer a better way, the way of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, God, give us boldness in the days in which we live. Not an arrogance, not a we're right because we know God, but a humility, but a boldness too. That says we're not gonna sit idly while we watch a way that seems right to humanity, but in the end leads to death. That we're gonna say there is a God, his name is Jesus, and he came to give you life and life more abundantly that we would invite people on that journey. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, come on, are you thankful for what God's gonna do? We challenge you today. Get bold. Don't get arrogant. Don't just be right. Get bold and say, there is a way. And there's a king leading the way. And his name is Jesus. Bring it back to Jesus. When in doubt, bring it back to Jesus. But families, I just feel this hurt. Like dads, moms, your kids do not need to see you saying, I want you to make the decision for yourself. No, you decide for your home. You set the culture. And I believe that the day will come where it shifts and they say, I must be about my father's business too. But don't let them multiply your passivity and become aggressive a few years from now. Let's get it. It's not 2017 anymore. It's 2022. World's weird. It's time we stick with the thing that works. And we follow the one who's leading. His name is Jesus. Amen. God bless us as we go. God, we pray that you'd give us that boldness. we would go into the world with grace and truth, that we'd hold firm, that we'd keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that we might not grow weary and lose heart. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Can we give God one more big hand? I wanna encourage you today.